Theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures, spawning novels, comics, and a fan base that has clamored for decades for a revival. Now, with Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett starring in a new version of the series that dangles just as many new threads as it does old ones, we'll ball the string up and explore the revival and the ways in which Quantum Leap has always entertained and inspired us here on... Oh boy... Oh, boy. It's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and with me as a co-host we can all see and hear, it's Brian Martin. Hey, everybody. You were a little under the weather last week. Are you feeling any better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I went to the doctor over the weekend, got the capital good stuff. Oh. You know, <laughs> so it's really knocked uh, a lot of that out of me. Yeah. Doing much better this week. I, I I don't know if I mentioned it on the show itself, but I actually came down with a fever while I was watching Quantum Leap last week. You did mention it off air anyway. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I was watching the show, the first episode back from hiatus, and I was developing a fever in real time. And I was like, is it Deborah Ann Wall? <laughs> Could that yeah. be it? It occurs to me that this is, what, episode 11 for us? This is our 11th episode. Our Reboot's 11th episode. 10th episode. Yeah. And I feel like one of us has been sick for about 40% of these episodes. Oh, yeah. At least I started it's this ridiculous. thing sick, man. I was sick when this whole thing kicked off. <laughs> but nevertheless, we're doing okay this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, however we're feeling, uh, Ben is here to help us because he's in the body of a doctor this week. Oh, so. good segue. There we go. Yeah. Who accepted the nudge this week? So the year is 1994. Ben has leaped into Dr. Alexandra Tompkinson, a first-year resident at a hospital in Seattle, Washington. Ben is tossed into the deep end really quickly on this leap, as we saw a preview of in the last episode. He leaps in in a parking lot where he has to immediately deliver a baby. Feeling pretty good about that. I think he comes off of that and feels like, yeah, I did a great job. The baby delivery, he quickly finds out, is not what he was there for. What comes next really pushes the limits of his endurance and what he's had to achieve in the leaps that he's been on so far because a train accident that has caused an influx of people into the hospital, Ziggy projects that Ben has to save not one, not two, but three different people on this leap. Not once, not twice, but thrice. How they're all connected to each other and how he manages to pull that off is uh, sort of the crux of the episode. Uh -oh. I don't understand a word he's saying. While all this is going on, of course, Janice has been <laughs> captured yeah. and is at Project Quantum Leap, where she does not do much talking at all because she only agrees to speak with one person on the project. And for most of the episode, we're left to wonder who that person could be. Mm. We do find it out at the end. But we will get to that, I think. I think we should probably spend most of our time talking about the leap here, because that seems to be where most of the uh, the focus of this episode is, because it's a busy leap for Ben. To say the least. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about this episode, Brian, but you know what this show is reminding me of? This Are, episode or the show overall? This show. Are you a sports <laughs> fan at all? I don't know that about you. Are you a no, sports I, fan? I, I'm not a diehard, I wouldn't say. Okay. I, I am a casual viewer and enjoyer and consumer of sports. <laughs> okay. Very, very casual. Like, I can pull out names of episodes of Quantum Leap in ways that I cannot for professional athletes. You can enjoy a good sports analogy, though. Oh, I love sporting, yes. Okay, so this show to me, it feels like when your team is in the hunt for the pennant, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're about a game or two out of first place, and all of a sudden your star pitcher can't find the plate. 
Uh, well, we, right. we here in Charlotte know this this trend very well <laughs> because we've endured that same sort of thing with the Panthers for a long time. Is Jake Del Home had that, that problem? He, yeah. They had a great season, and then Del Home just lost his mojo. It's like the devil took it back. Right. And Newton, the same thing happened with Cam Newton back in uh, 2015 when we had our just amazing season and got to the Super Bowl, and it was like, what did you even do to get here? It's like right. it was the Super Bowl performance was so bad that it made you question everything that came before it. It's like the oeuvre of uh, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. So you get what I'm feeling I get it. I here. Get it. When I come, I feel like we've come back from an all-star break and this show has just dropped two games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal because i really was as we were going into the break thinking all right you know they're starting to fire on all cylinders here we're feeling like quantum leaf we've got uh some interesting stories interesting characters i'm starting to feel a little bit about ben's backstory and just out of the gate this 2023 just this this episode this week made me really like last week's episode. <laughs> wow. And reading back. And that's saying something. Yeah. Listening back as I was editing last week's episode of our podcast, I thought, man, I really didn't like that episode, did I? Like, I didn't have anything friendly to say about that show at all. And this week, I, I don't know what they were doing. It just seemed so convoluted. Convoluted is definitely a word for this show. I think this episode... So let's just look at the genre for a second, okay? So we're looking at an episode of the show that kind of apes things like ER, right? The, the medical procedural is where we're at this week. Television audiences love medical procedurals, right? right. Almost as much as they love police procedurals. It's like <laughs> all of our first responders... We don't want to really accept that they are here in real life, but we love watching them on television, right? Sure. Obviously, a show on NBC like Quantum Leap is going to try to tap into that interest, right? I'm amazed that they try to pack what seems to be about six episodes of ER into about 45 minutes of airtime in this episode. It seems yeah. you have to really suspend disbelief, I think, to get through this one because there are a lot of pieces moving this hospital does not seem terribly well run. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a lot of a lot of questions. And in honesty, there are a few moments where this episode kind of breaks through and shines a bit. Okay, I'll be asking you to point those out you, to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll point out some of those to you. But yeah, I think that this episode is really struggling under its own weight. And for the first time, I feel like that's the fault of the leap more than it oh, is the abs- 2023 yeah. narrative. And that's that's a reversal I haven't seen thus far, I don't think. I don't know if they were trying to be too ambitious or... I, I made a list here <laughs> as I was watching it of all of the things that he ran into in this episode. Because when we leap in at the very beginning and we know, oh, he's got to deliver a baby, I thought, wow, it's pretty quick that he takes to, okay, I'm going to deliver this baby. And that intro is just set aside and finished, like before the credits roll. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're just done. You don't even meet those people again. You don't see them again. It's just like the teaser before the episode actually starts. He just delivers a baby. Yeah. That could very easily have been the entire purpose of his leap, you know? Mm-hmm. helping a troubled mother have a baby in a hostile environment of some kind. You know what I mean? Right. That in and of itself is a leap. It is an episode. Over the course of his time as Dr. Tompkins, he delivers a baby. He comes across a man with a head injury who's lost his wife. What a head injury, died. too. Yeah, right. I lo- that, was, that was one of my favorite reveals in this episode, where it's like, oh, he seems to be, oh, God, Jesus! <laughs> Just has a huge chunk of shrapnel coming out of his head. Yeah, to to go along with a man who won't see an oncologist to treat his brain tumor, a man who is estranged from his daughter, a mentor who is in the custody battle that she might lose. Her doctor is prescribing dangerous drugs. Like the woman that first came in, I forgot why she was even there. 
Oh yeah, I I missed that entirely. You know? I had to I had to kind of cycle and, back and figure out. Wait, now what is her thing? Is it muscular dystrophy? Yeah, it turns yes, out to it was, be it was... a heart issue because of the medicines that she was prescribed. So then she has to have a heart transplant. And then we've also got Addison telling a story about a soldier that died under her command. And right as a, as a way to be like, yeah, you know, I can kind of relate to all of this. Yeah, and it's like Addison, maybe not right now. Okay. All of that is just in the leap side of this episode. Yeah. And Any... most of it, most of it is in the first 25 minutes. Like the first half of the episode throws all of these things at you. And and then the back end is spent sort of tying it all up hastily. Yeah, it's just a mess. I think what they wanted to do was present Ben with this kind of impossible task and see him deal with the overwhelming pressures that doctors deal with, and then take three stories and tie them together in a neat bow where one reflects the other, reflects the other. You know, this triangle that they made with the woman that needed the heart transplant and the woman that died, and then also, I guess the man with the tumor is going to help with the hospital that is over-prescribing a medicine that's dangerous. It's all supposed to weave back together, and Ben is the linchpin of this all holding together, but it's it's just too much. I think it becomes another case of what this show has done repeatedly now, telling rather than showing, right? Like, so much of this is reliant upon them telling us exactly what's going on. There's nothing in here for us to discern ourselves. Yeah. And and even then, like there's so much information handed to us that it's, it's really challenging to keep up with. It's challenging to keep up with. And I defy you to come up with one of those characters names again. Well, I can come up with all three of those people because I wrote them down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, took, if you have to write the intro to a podcast, then yeah, maybe you do retain the names. But outside of that, like, T- Tompkins is the only name I remember. Tompkins, yes. Sandra Turk, playing Tompkins's contemporary at the hospital, who is going through a custody battle mm-hmm. over her son. I registered that one because it was the first thing I wanted to mention. All right. So we've got a doctor named Sandra Turk. My headcanon is going to be that that is Chris Turk's mom from Scrubs. And I made that decision early on in this episode, and I just went with it. Okay. So in my headcanon, this whole leap was about providing Chris Turk with a more stable family uh, moving forward so he could join JD on Scrubs one day. Okay, whatever um, floats your... <laughs> <laughs> this is, oddly enough, on a show about time travel, that's the least plausible headcanon thing I've done. <laughs> so, so Sandra Turk, at odds with her husband or ex-husband. Here's the first thing, though, about Sandra Turk. The whole episode, I kept looking at that actress and thinking, where do I know her from? She's played by Tiffany Smith, and it was deep into the episode. Before I realized, my wife is watching that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry documentary on Netflix. And I was like, oh, she reminds me of Meghan Markle. That's why I think I know her from something. Crazy story, though. Tiffany Smith played Meghan Markle in a Lifetime movie like three years ago. So what? How about that? That's weird. (laughs) So good on the casting guys on that movie, because that's exactly where my head went. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) The three other people that are kind of the big parts of this leap are Kimberly Cole, who is in a coma the whole time, Mm -hmm. unless I'm missing something. (laughs) No. Eli Jackson, who is the man with the tumor who won't see an oncologist, and we find out is, surprise, Sandra Turk's estranged father. And Louis Tan, who I was interested in because he's played by the great Francois Chow of... Lost fame. People who have watched Lost will remember Francois Chow as Dr. Edward Halliwax or Dr. Marvin Candle or whatever alias he went by in the multiple Dharma Initiative training videos <laughs> in that series. So good to see him again. This show does a lot to kind of bring in notable guest stars. 
for notable for fans of this genre, I think. We've had guest stars from Firefly and Supernatural and Yeah, you think that's intentional? Uh well, yeah, I probably cuz none of them are working right now, but <laughs> You don't think it's just a product of their being cheap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, get me somebody cheap and Canadian. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and next week, the trend will continue in next week's episode with uh, Robert Picardo from That was the Voyager. best part of this episode I, I was the teaser agree. for next week. <laughs> I completely agree. The teaser for next week, I was like, oh, shit, they're at the Weapon X facility. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. I think one of the things we normally complain about with this show is that none of the characters in the past storyline are given quite enough room to breathe and become individual characters, right? Right. And I think the problem here is that they recognize that's a problem, but then threw too many characters at it. I think they're like, uh, okay, well, now we've got too many people to give time to anyway, so let's give them all one moment, except for the coma girl. You know, to kind of shine, <laughs> and and, and that's not enough either, right? I'm gonna, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe it wasn't that necessary that we care about each of these people so much as we see how Ben weaves these all together to solve a big problem or solve multiple problems with one solution, or so, you know what I mean? Like it, right? It's trying to sew together this tapestry and. Because Ben is at this linchpin, it all holds together because he made this one decision. And look how precarious everything was, except for his one action. Like, I think that's what it was trying to do, but it it's not effective. It's not effective storytelling. Like, by virtue of the score, you know that you're supposed to feel heavy for the death of this older man's wife, you know? Right, right. And... Like, we don't even know him, much less her. The show is kind of expecting you or counting on you to bring that emotional weight in with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's requiring a degree of empathy that, frankly, I don't think humans possess anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I think it's just, the show doesn't give you a lot. You have to bring it in with you, right? right. And then and then the music will say, okay, now's the time to feel this. Yeah. It has the same impact as... Addison telling a story about some other completely unrelated character that she once dealt with, whom we never meet, nor is ever given a name. It's just a similar situation to this other story that she just tells because they want to give Caitlin Bassett an opportunity to act. And they want to remind they want to remind everybody that Addison is ex-military. Right. Yes. Right. So what has happened is Addison starts to tell a story about a time she felt overwhelmed because Ben feels like I can't do this, which is a sensible thing to look at in this because it's like a Rube Goldberg mechanism of crazy plot contrivances. And of course, you'd look at him and be like, how am I supposed to do this? Any rational doctor would. And Addison starts to tell a story about a time she felt emotionally overwhelmed, which I mean, it's like you could have just said, "Uh, yeah, I really felt emotionally overwhelmed when I was watching Real Housewives this week. <laughs> uh, let me tell you what happened. Uh, but but yeah. uh, she lost somebody in her... Under her command. Yeah, under her command in a combat situation and was the one that had to go to this young man's mother and, you know, with the flag and all and tell her that her son's not coming home. Right. And she talks about how she didn't know what to say and then she just started speaking from the heart, which was sort of the show's way of saying, just go with it, you know? Right. Which could have been a cue for Ben to just stop overthinking it and respond. But I also feel like it's kind of a cue to the audience <laughs> to <laughs> to stop overthinking it and just accept what this show is. By this show, I mean this particular episode of this show. Yeah. When she was telling that, you know, A, it kind of reminded me that she was in the military. But secondly was also kind of the first time I questioned buying her as a soldier, you know? Like, do you buy Caitlin Bassett as a as a soldier? I need to see it. I need to actually see it. And maybe we will. Maybe. Maybe that's what we're trying to save her from. Maybe there is a combat situation in her past that is altered by a time traveler that 
results in her dying or, or something like that. You know, hmm. I feel like we could get there in a leap. Like we could see Addison in combat in a leap the same way we saw Tom Beckett in The Leap Home Part 2, right? I, I feel like give the show long enough and we will get that episode. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I agree. Like, I don't necessarily see that sort of military character. You know, this you show has got to be chomping at the bit to do a military episode, though, because that's the other big thing. That's more of a CBS thing, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's not really so much an NBC, but CBS is really into that Navy SEALs, you know? Yeah. But I just thought, you know, Al Calavici doesn't seem quite like the military type either. But when you see him in his admiral uniform. Right. You buy it. What if we saw Addison in dress uniform? Like combat fatigues. Maybe she'd just wear combat fatigues all the time. Uh, see, that I can't picture. That I'm <laughs> trying to put it. That That's what I try and put in my brain when I think about her as a soldier. Like seeing her in fatigues or even like in a combat situation. And I just don't buy that actress necessarily in that. Yeah. But I can see her in an officer's uniform, you know? Sure. And if for some reason they were to put her in her officer's uniform for an episode or two, I think that'd be a really interesting look for her. It might also do the hologram some good to separate her a little bit like we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. And again, the show did it again this week where you saw that wipe where she kind of like fizzles mm -hmm. away. Yeah, that's what they um, decided to go with, I think. And you got you got <laughs> you got an actual authentic Ziggy sound effect this week too. Did yeah, that's that? right. Yeah, she ah! swatted Yeah, she, she, she swatted it. the saucer there and it 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 whined at us. Just yeah. give us more of that. More of yeah. that, please, cuz that was one of the few when I was talking about bright spots. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I was talking about. Yeah. Um, Say what you will about the western episode. At least it was coherent. As a story. <laughs> there was a beginning, a middle, an end. There was, it was a, a villain. There was a clear goal. There yes. was a clear goal that we were trying to reach. This one had s multiple goals. I think what they, they were trying to say is, oh, he'll be so overwhelmed trying to accomplish all of these things. Couldn't but, they have sent three leapers back for this one? <laughs> you know? Or, yeah, or just maybe... Maybe leap somewhere that helped the train avoid skipping the track. Right. Why couldn't we why couldn't we keep the train on the track? Well, the, the see, answer for that is because then we don't get to the hospital and address yeah, mm -hmm. the main problem here, which I, I guess is, you know, we talk a lot about how we don't need Ben to be fighting a villain every week, right? Mm -hmm. Circumstances can be the villain. Well, the villain this week is Big Pharma. Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It, <laughs> the that, biggest of villains. Is that <laughs> and is that the main goal? Was that why he leaped there? Was to stop this hospital from prescribing this mystery drug? Doesn't it have to be? Is there some sort of management team in charge of the leaps right now where it's like, well, we could send somebody to train and somebody to the hospital, or yeah. we could cut payroll and send one guy to do both of those things? Yeah, and he does so by threatening the entire hospital at knife point. Yeah. <laughs> You know, always a good thing. Always after, exactly what you want to do. After making an expressed point earlier to say that he was going to have to do this and tread lightly without ruining Dr. Tompkins' career. So instead, he holds a scalpel to this IV bag of the patient or something. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I, it just... So many facets of this episode were just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, 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 uh, you know, it talks about the number of malpractice suits this hospital comes to face in the years after Dr. Harper, the, uh, he's not really a bad guy, he's just trying to do his job and he's a little misogynistic. Right. <laughs> uh, like, not a bad guy. He's just a little misogynistic. Right. I think we're supposed to really dislike him. But at the end of the day, aside from some, yeah, misogyny, which I'm not endorsing at all. Uh -huh. But he's not. I don't think he's the bad guy the show wants him to be. Like, he's not trying to kill patients willingly. You know, right, right. And and he's thrown all in with this medication, which was what was it called? I have no idea. I wrote, I wrote it down somewhere because I thought the name was funny. Uh, it is a weird name. Respiratrex. 
Respiratrex. Respiratrex. It's believable. So he's gone all in on Respiratrex. I mean, it definitely sounds like the sort of thing you'd see advertised during, I don't know, a commercial break on Quantum Leap. Yeah, right. Um, so they did a they did a good job with that naming convention naming. anyway. Yeah. But it seems like in solving the malpractice issues and getting rid of the Respiratrex, we've opened ourselves up to many other potential issues within the hospital. And with if not malpractice, then certainly uh disconcerting things about management so yeah <laughs> so if if you're going to suggest that the main reason that he's there then is to stop this hospital from prescribing respiratrix what is the point of having your mentor in a custody battle they made point of that like three times but he didn't ever address it i'm telling it? you it's because that kid grows up to be chris turk <laughs> on scrubs <laughs> But he didn't. Do I don't know. I can't even remember if Chris Turk Tur- came her from a broken win house. Her custody battle. Did he do anything that would even affect that part of her life? Uh, the only thing he to... did was reinsert her father into it, who is litigious <laughs> as all get out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, pretty smarmy dude. So uh, I gotta believe. But could... gave him a reason to live as well. He also managed to give this old man a reason to live. Yeah. It asks a lot of the viewer. Let's just simplify it at that. Like, this episode asks a lot of you, the viewer, in terms of what you're willing to just allow a show to do while you're sitting there watching it. I just want to know what the writer was thinking when they were put. Like, did they know they were writing Quantum Leap? (laughs) Or was this a plot for a completely different show? Like New Amsterdam or something? And maybe it's a repurposed script. I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to break formula, but as you understand any Quantum Leap, both the new one and the old one, it's always been, here is a moment in history that went awry. And by changing this moment, here are the branches that that come off of that moment. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a, a we we can kill four birds with one stone in this one leap kind of thing, right? Right, and when they do try to squeeze that in or when sam or somebody tried to do something that maybe wasn't the purpose of the leap it rarely worked right like you're there for this express purpose and by changing this thing multiple good things will come out of it you know yeah and one of the other things that i kind of thought about in this episode in the past we had talked about you know sam was man of the year and like the next Einstein and whatever. I think one of our episodes, we actually kind of talked about the fact that, you know, it's interesting that Ben is sort of an everyman and sure, he's a doctor and theoretical physicist or what have you, but, right. you know, he's not this Superman. And back in that episode, I think we were both kind of singing the praises of, well, this is an interesting take. Like he's just a guy. He's made this decision to leap. We didn't know why at the time. And Addison was the one who was supposed to be best suited for the leaping, right? Which I think is interesting. Right. In this episode, it was kind of the first time that I thought, what has Ben doing here that Dr. Tompkins isn't better suited for? (laughs) Right. Like you were saying a second ago, a lot of what happens early on in the hospital is just completely at the direction of Addison. Like, pick that thing up. Do this. Do this. Do this. She's talking about this. She's talking about that. Make sure you do this. That's fine. I mean, it's not like Sam never took direction from Al or, you know, they're a team. They're supposed to work together like that. That's fine. But it made me kind of miss a character that's kind of larger than life. Like a more capable protagonist. Yeah. In this like, si- situation. He's not inept in anything. And he's great as an empathetic character that can speak sense to people, make them feel better about themselves and even solve problems on, on some level. But some of the laughable things that we like so much about the old show, you know, that, oh, like he's a concert pianist and a doctor and a martial arts expert. Right. And a, it's like you know? it's like if Eric Cartman wrote a character. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I missed some of that this week when I think maybe just because he was a medical doctor and we know that Sam is a medical doctor. We've seen the real emphasis when Scott Bakula would act in the in the medical role as the doctor that Sam is. You could kind of see it in his face and the way he was feeling that he really cared about doing the right thing and knowing the correct medical procedure for this instance. You could see it in his face and it made everything feel heavy and, you know, just being lost 
in that environment made him seem a little inept at what he was supposed to be accomplishing. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of wish I had that Superman this week. Yeah, what he's bringing to this leap and others really is not so much a skill set. Right. Sam Beckett was kind of like a Swiss army knife of a character, right? Like exactly. whatever the situation yeah. called yeah. for, he had an aptitude for it. And Ben does not have that. The only thing he brings to any situation that the leapy would not have had is perspective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Omniscient perspective in terms of the, the situation and what's going on, which makes it feel a lot more like plot convenience. Yeah. Right? Like, it's really easy to fall into that trap when you're dealing with a character who is just omniscient and also in control of everything. Right. To this episode's credit, I do think they try to push that, but they push it in a way that makes it hard for the audience <laughs> to, to buy into it, right? It's not just that Ben feels pushed. It's like the limits of this narrative yeah. are pushed to uh, within an inch of their life. I'll be generous right. and say I don't think it pulls it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're... You're not wrong. I just think that at some point you're going to have to give him a skill set that is like you you often believed by the end of an episode that Sam leaped there because Sam was uniquely qualified to pull this off. Right. Like whomever his host was was not capable or didn't have the opportunity to accomplish whatever it was that needed to be done. And he needed a little help. And Sam would have, for some reason, been uniquely qualified to pull this off. Right. And he was a larger-than-life character, kind of an, you know, an impossible human. But what other kind of human is going to invent time travel? Right. right? Exactly. So that's always been the crutch that I kind of lean on with this is that, well, you know, he's kind of this once in a generation exceptional person. And that's why he's capable of doing all of these things. And when you throw an every man in there, it makes you wonder what's he bringing to the table. And like I said, his empathy is through the roof. That's great. And he cares about people. And that's really important in a protagonist of a leap, I think. So I'm not faulting the actor or even that character. I like Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, is this week I felt a little shortchanged by why isn't Dr. Tompkins just doing this? <laughs> you know? Right. Could this not have been easier if he had leaped into Dr. Harper? Well, maybe she didn't accept the nudge. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, well, he, the, the he, guy, he right? The guy, yeah. yeah like oh, okay, Harper yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't have accepted the nudge. He's right. like, no, I, I don't have time right now. I got all this Respiratrex to move, baby. The other thing is, if I pare this down and piece it together in a more capable way, I guess, in my brain, I did kind of think you did not need that delivering of a baby at the beginning at all. Like, what was the point of that? This is I, a thing that the show's done over and over again, where the leap in and the hook are just immediately intense. They have the very first episode where it's like, okay, you're going to race this car down the street now. It's like this high octane kind of high pressure thing. As soon yeah. as he leaps in, it's not like the sort of cute fish out of water moment. You'd get 90% of Sam Beckett's leaps where it's True. like, oh boy, where am I now? You know? Yeah. It's like a high stakes situation that Ben is immediately placed into. I think there's a good way to do that. I thought last week's, did that really effectively where it's he leaps in and he's the bodyguard and mm -hmm. he sort of yeah. just understands the situation and starts to manage it. And then all of a sudden you've got, oh, gosh, she's going to die right now. And you've got to run over and right. and save her. It gave you a minute to breathe in there. Right. But a lot of these leaps are just, yeah, just like, all right, yeah, put on I the mean, gas, I, you're moving. I was checking my watch, not because it was taking so long, but because it was over so quickly. He leaps in. She says, I'm having the baby. And he says, oh, I can't do it. And they say, yes, you will. And he's like, OK, <laughs> like literally that. Well, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah. Like it couldn't have been more than a minute. No, it was seen. It like, was lightning fast. Yeah. And he just. Okay, I guess I'm delivering a baby now. I would have been know? great if Addison had come in and been like, good job, Ben. That baby grows up to work for Project Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then that could be part of the uh, speeding up and momentum that we've been talking about. Oh, maybe, maybe, so, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe he's just out there doing this cross-time recruitment drive. Oh, man. Oh, that's interesting. That might actually be an interesting story. See, that could be fun. Yeah. You know, like just a team of time travel. Like... Characters that didn't exist. 
in the original timeline, right? Until right. a leaper went back and created them. Like mm-hmm. Samantha, and you get this baby, and you got, you know... Yeah, right. You end up creating quite a few paradoxes at that point, you know? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. So that... I feel like this kind of segues into what we're going to talk about about 2023 also. I want to talk about, and, and we could talk about the show first, but I want to talk about what is, quote-unquote, an alternate timeline or a fractured timeline as it relates to Quantum Leap. Is there such a thing? Or mm. is there a unified timeline of corrections? Is there no real butterfly effect, is I guess what I'm saying? Things impact people and the timeline just sort of adjusts to those impacts. Yeah, I was going to say, it's nothing but butterfly effect, right? I mean, the whole right. point is to, yeah, <laughs> right. is to change something. Right. Uh, but does the timeline sort of self-correct and manage that that aspect of it as things in the past are changed or are you opening yourselves up to multiple realities and parallel universes you know mm. in the original series i feel it's certainly the form where it's just we accept that the timeline sort of restructures itself it's fluid. and coalesces around this thing yeah it's a fluid thing this show i'm not so sure about i'm a little concerned about how convoluted that's going to get Largely because this week in 2023 does confirm something we've talked about in the past, and that's that Janice is in the project. Jen tries to talk to her, make her a little bit more pliable with a bottle of they, tequila. Doesn't yeah, work. they share a drink again. Yeah. The two these of them two, share a drink. Yeah. These two lushes. And then Magic tries to talk to her. Janice says there's only one person in the project she'll talk to. And we just have to wait to figure out who that person might be. <laughs> who Until of the, the two remaining characters yeah. could they be? Until the very end of the leap when Addison finally walks in. And that is the person that Janice has said she will talk to. And Addison, of course, wants to know what's going on. Why is Ben... Did she, did though? Ben no, one of the things that I noticed is she didn't want to talk to this woman. Oh, no, I mean, like, she doesn't... I guess Addison doesn't want to speak what? to her. And why the hell um, not? But... Why the <laughs> f*** would you not want to talk to this woman? Janice wants to talk to Addison is, yeah. is really the bigger thing. and But why would Addison... That's the other thing. Why would Addison not want to... Shouldn't she be chomping at the bit... To talk to this woman? You would think. You would absolutely think that, that like, Addison would have a lot of questions. That confused the hell out of me, too. The person who doesn't have a Swiss cheese brain that has direct information about what's going on with Ben is sitting right in front of you. Yeah. That confused the hell out of me. What do you mean you don't want to talk to her? It's like it, it was like a jealous girlfriend thing or something. Right. Like you know. And I was like, no, you should want to talk to this person. Everybody at the project should want to talk to this person. And they're all like, she'll only talk to you. And Addison yeah. goes in and it's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> but Janice, I mean... uh, Janice is ultimately not very forthcoming with information. What she says is that Ben brought her a story, she says. And when he asked for her help, she said she didn't want to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. She tells Addison that the only thing she needs to do right now is to tell Ben to stop talking. When he remembers things, he needs to not tell anyone on the project what's going on. He will remember things, they'll trickle back, and he needs to stop talking about it. And Addison needs to stress that with him. And I thought this was kind of interesting. And this is sort of the suggestive thread that's going to move us forward in 2023. But the reason being is that in a world with a quantum leap accelerator, once you've said something out loud, anyone can hear it from any time, right? And right. the implication being, again, that someone from the future has leaped back and is somehow disrupting events in our heroes, either present or past. Specifically, right. does the name Richard Martinez ring any bells? And Janice's reply is... There's an order that has, and she gets cut off. The idea being that there's like a sequence of events that has already been put in motion that have to occur in a certain manner. Okay. Is how I took that. And the events that are yet to come and the people that have traveled back like Martinez are the reasons we have to be hush-hush. You guys can't be talking about this right now or nothing's going to work. 
that's good that you picked up on that. I, I either missed it or I was so frustrated by that point. I just wasn't paying enough <laughs> attention. I don't know. But I think what I took mostly from that interrogation was here are the writers kicking the can down the road. Yes. She comes in to deliver this message that you need to not talk about things and thusly don't further this story any more than it needs to be for now. Keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. It just sort of felt like a meaningless cap on the story. Let's just put a pin in that for a minute and we'll come back to it. But it gives you just enough because the thing it gives you is the line, as soon as you say it, everyone knows, including the people yeah. who sent Richard Martinez, which implies that Richard Martinez is a name that Jen recognizes, and she knows exactly what he's doing bouncing around in time. Right. Right? Okay. But just can't talk about it yet. So at this point, one of two things. Either Janice is right where she wants to be mm -hmm. in Project Quantum Leap and has some sort of subversive action to conduct there, or the focus of that mystery narrative is now going to shift to where did Martinez come from? And... What sort of events happening in the present could be leading to a point where an, a different agency or even the same agency sends Martinez back in time? Right. And I still think we're going to get answers in season one. I still think we're going to get some answers in season one. I think so, too. What, how many episodes do we have left? We have like, eight episodes remaining. Eight left. So we're just okay. barely over the halfway point. Yeah. Okay, so I'm bringing all the disappointing things up. The other thing that disappointed me about this episode is that, and it didn't really occur to me until the interrogation scene, is we're not going to get to see Janice in her imaging chamber again. And if we are, it's not going to have the same effect. Yeah, probably like, not. It's like, what was all that for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was so interesting. Remember how excited right. we were? Uh, like, oh my God, she's building an imaging chamber. Like some janky ass in the basement by myself imaging chamber that she's going to use to talk to Ben while other people are trying to talk to Ben. Right. And as soon as they show up in Fiji or wherever the fuck they were last week, the <laughs> Belize. It was Belize. It was definitely <laughs> Belize, yeah. Whenever they show up on the beach, they've instantly, like, shut down that story the way that I wanted to see it happen. I really liked this idea of her having an outlet to Ben that the team also has. So that, he, uh, you know. But exclusive from one another. Exclusive, right. right. Where, where you've got a sort of rogue hologram there engaging with him. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm with it, you on that. Because we only ever got one scene of that. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if that was like a, is that some kind of change that they made when they got the extension? Or one, if, if I were the one writing this season and okay, I weren't under the same scrutiny of a network or what have you. I think the best thing to do, I probably would have spent most of the season building that imaging chamber. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the later third of the season, started using that imaging chamber and leading up to a finale, having some kind of interaction through Ben where he's being directed differently from either hologram. And, and you have to figure out which what, one to trust. Which one am I going to trust here? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then, of I mean, course, he picks Addison, which turned out to be the wrong one. And your season finale is some sort of catastrophic event. Cut right. to black, and then we don't find out what happens till season two. Right. Something of that. I mean, that seems pretty simple and right there in front of you, yeah. especially if you've already laid that out as, I mean, I just remember one of the coolest 2022 storyline points was the closing moments of the episode where we see the imaging chamber, like that she's, it was be, yeah, being she's, constructed. The hand link is there. And the hand and... link was there. And you're like, oh, wow, man, she can... Some, and like they didn't that's going to be cool. And then it's yeah, it's it's cool for one scene and then she completely dismantles the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's not something we can go back to now. Like or it's, if it, and when we do, it won't have the same effect. No, no, because, because the, we already know her and the, we yeah, all have a relationship the, with her now. The, the rogue agent aspect is dwindling week to week for her. Yeah. Right. And I think especially like I was saying a second ago, like, does Janice want to be at the project? Well, we know that she does, right? People forced her out over the years. Why does she want to be there right now? That's kind of still a central mystery. 
But I think we can mostly rest assured at this point that her intentions are not malicious, which is the big question mark that hovered over her earlier in the season when she was building that imaging chamber and what's going on with that. Right. It seems to be like, no, Ben trusted me and you can trust me too. And that's kind of the angle we're going with right now. Which is what we all thought back when they were making her seem so evil at the very beginning. Right. Right. We were both, oh, she's got the evil kidnapper phone call, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They had to go through so much to convince us. Yeah, they had so to, much. They had to poison Beth. Yes, and you can't walk that shit back. <laughs> no. Like no, she, and the show like, keeps honestly, bringing it up too. Jen keeps bringing it up. They all, they all think she's a dirtbag. Well, she is. <laughs> if she's honestly, whether you knew who Beth was or not, anybody that's gonna drug their mother because they're unhappy with like, like <laughs> their job. Yeah, like <laughs> their job prospects. Then yeah. that's not cool. She's a little imbalanced, I think. Yeah. Uh, if if that's the route that you have to take to try and get the hand link from, you know, whatever. At this point, so, I think the biggest thing, the show's really got to deliver on whatever this end game is. You know, it's got to make it all worthwhile and it's got to be a payoff that justifies the shortcuts or the truncated storylines that seemed pretty interesting. It's a tall order, man. And I feel like it gets yeah. taller week to week. I discovered that I didn't have enough faith in this show to believe that they would be able to tie up all the loose ends that they were creating this episode. Just like just this episode. Just this one episode. <laughs> you know, like. Right. Like I said, I it really is like I was getting behind a team that was really starting to, starting to win some games and climb out of the cellar. And like, hey, look at this. You know, we're on a roll here, and now I feel like take a few of those middle episodes out, and the last two examples and like the first few examples of this show, I would, if we weren't doing the podcast, I wonder if I'd even still be watching. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where you're at. You've been much more gracious, I think, on this podcast than I have, and reasonably so. Well, look, I uh, think- Given we have listeners that are probably- uh, you know, Quantum Leap fans. Sure. We're not, here to, we're not here to hate watch. I want this show to be really good. But I... Uh, yeah. Send, send me your hate mail um, <laughs> and argue with me. I Honestly, I want to hear the, the other side. I think Because just... like I said, there's so much to potentially like in this show. There are characters that I like. And you know what I heard? Hmm. Interestingly, Ryan Johnson of Glass Onion fame recently said something in an interview where he said that the detective in a whodunit is not your protagonist. Right. You know, and I had never really thought about it like that. And when you go back and you look at his two Knives Out movies, which I'm sure everyone has seen at this point. I hope so. I really really hope you've all seen Knives Out and Glass Onion. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it at all. But the same must be true for a Quantum Leap episode. Hmm. Right? Like, Sam can't be the protagonist. Ben can't be the protagonist. Whomever the protagonist of the story is, is that person that they are supposed to be there to help along. Right. Sam is the protagonist of Mirror Image. Right. But, okay, But yeah. nothing else, right? Right. <laughs> like, like, it's always, Sam is leaping and, and Ben is leaping in service of others, right? Like, it's almost right. like they're there to shepherd something along. Let's look at last week's episode, right? Ben is not the protagonist in that episode. Carly is, right? Right, exactly. This week, who's your Don't protagonist? Try who's week. your protagonist yeah. this week? Like, <laughs> like, like, who is it? it it's impossible Nostradamus, to figure Nostradamus, that's who it is. But think of like... Uh, that's the other thing, just as an aside real quick, that whole... Why did he go and give the nurse the three names, you know? What a boneheaded oh. move. That was such a, what a knucklehead. And like, how does Ziggy even know that, like, how did Ziggy calculate that those were the three people that he, God, all right, I'll dial it back. I'm sorry. I've yeah, I probably. I don't know what Ziggy, I, I don't even know how Ziggy put that one together. Yeah. But I, I think I interrupted your, I, I think your train Ziggy, of thought there. Ziggy might be your superhuman on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy is really an all-purpose device, which again, just takes Ziggy to Vegas. Yeah, right. I want, yeah. I want, a, I want an episode where Team Quantum Leap, they're like, uh, it's, we don't even see Ben. There's no leap that week. They just go to Vegas. Yeah, when they need the funding that the government won't give them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just, just go win it at the Run the tables. Table.
Quantum Leap and every other show on television is vying and jockeying for really, really important real estate right now in our heads, in our viewing cues. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the frustration that we feel is that manifesting itself, right? Like you start to watch a show like this and you feel that there are missteps happening or things aren't going to come together or you get a couple episodes in a row that are really kind of drags and you start to think, okay, is this real estate, is this going to occupy this real estate in my head or is there another show that needs to be occupying that real estate? I want to believe in the show. Bringing it back to what we were talking about and we've talked about and you've talked about a lot, like I'm really rooting for this show. I really want it to turn things around. I totally get that the previous two episodes are kind of woof, you know? It's, it's making it hard to remain a believer. But then they give us a stinger like this week's episode where ben, Robert Picardo Ben leaps into a government facility, a shadowy government yeah. facility with Robert Picardo in a military uniform. Uh, Robert Picardo, yeah. of course, the, the holographic the holographic emergency doctor from Star Trek Voyager and First Contact. Right. Great scene in First Contact where he pops in for a second. Yep. But uh, Robert Picardo is always funny. Also from The Wonder Years. One of Fred Savage's teachers on The Wonder Years. Oh, okay. You know? I don't recall that. Yeah, he's, he's been I around. He's been around for a minute and a delightful, yeah, delightful yes. guy. No stranger to the sci-fi genre. And he's there and there's uh, Ben is part of a group that goes into this massive chamber that does look like the same chamber that Wolverine emerged from in the Weapon X project. And Robert Picardo says, just wait until you see what this nuclear reactor can do. And that's the yeah. end of the episode. And I'm like, I yeah. believe I will be seeing what that nuclear reactor I know. Can do. I'm actually really... See, I, mean, I am excited to see that. When they were walking down the hall and that big door opened, my first thought was that it was some manner of imaging chamber. Or like... Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, for, I went from kind of... I went from imaging chamber to aliens to <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did think aliens at one point too. Yeah, I thought it was going to be some weird one, like they're in Area Fifty One or something, and there was going to be a flying saucer there. Yeah, that was my first thought. Yeah, uh, which could have also been interesting in kind of a goofy way. Sure, you know? sure. Um, I can only but... remember one UFO adjacent episode of the original series. That yeah, trailer park, one. Starlight, Starbright, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. There was one. I can't believe I pull this stuff out, man. Been, I'm impressed. It's been I'll decades it. since I saw some of these episodes. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't fight an alien-themed episode of Quantum Leap. But this, somehow, was the best place to leave me this week. Yeah. Giving me the threat of some sort of nuclear crisis. Trying to capitalize on Oppenheimer. Oh, maybe. It seems you a little know, early. Like... It seems a little early for that, but uh, oh, okay. possibly. Yeah. Uh, I just know the trailers for that movie dropped recently. The Oh, Oppenheimer uh, looks amazing. Maybe it's just fresh in my brain. Yeah, maybe but, so. Um, but um, I, I'm very excited to see what next week holds. And the tone set by that intro scene, where it's kind of almost comical and jovial a little bit. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of, hey, check out this nuclear reactor we've got. I think next week's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Without knowing anything about what's going to happen. It could also be kind of weighty, though. Yeah. You know, I I kind of felt that, too. Like, it was almost sort of like this. I think that this was probably the most successful part of the episode. The 100%. I mean, it's yeah. it's really what made me excited to see the next episode. <laughs> yeah. In the short amount of time that we had, I got the sense of these characters in the elevator. Almost felt immediately nefarious, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep, like, you know, like you're on that as, march into a facility uh-huh. with a bunch of goose-stepping military types. Right, and one Robert Picardo kind of being this, like, crazy doctor, you know, thing going on. like, uh, and, and you thought, oh, God, what are these people up to? And then it is, like you were saying, it is kind of jovial and goofy also. Doors open, and it's nuclear power, like power of the sun in my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it seems like it could be a really weighty episode and also a little dark, but dark humor I'm almost. See, I, if we could get something like a dark humor, a tone that's akin to, I don't know, Dr. Strangelove. Right. And I don't begrudge this show, or really any show, for swiping vibes from other successful media especially quantum leap quantum leap's done it 
forever, you know, and most entertainment does. But Quantum Leap is uniquely situated to do that because you can tell a, a story that takes place in any period. Right. So when you have a boxing episode that takes place in the 70s and you're going to probably ape some Rocky in that, you know, and yeah, and, or Raging Bull. Right. Exactly. Like so mm -hmm. so I uh, I welcome it, especially after kind of the slog of the last two weeks. I still feel optimistic going into next week. I'm hoping that we can kind of turn it around. Like maybe the star quarterback will get up off the bench or something. Yeah. Get right. Because, <laughs> like, damn, I, it's been it's been really disappointing because I was excited for the show to come back on January 2nd. I was like, man, I can't wait to watch this. Because I remember even as the first half of the season was winding down, we both kind of felt like it fizzled just a little bit. And it's right finale you know um right and we we're just kind of like eh. but i'm sure when it comes back it'll be and it just hasn't been so what i need is for them to drop that 2023 storyline for a minute let it sit give us a singular goal for ben to change and don't make it easy <laughs> make it be <laughs> like, like you know? the, the plant has to melt down We've got a, there has to be a meltdown. Okay. This is fine. Everything went fine. You have to destroy this nuclear facility. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. The possibilities are endless, honestly, with that little teaser. My fear is that if it's at all like the teaser that we got this week, it's going to be resolved within five minutes, and it's not going to have yeah. anything to do with a nuclear facility. <laughs> right. Like, somebody will yell, cut, and they'll be on a movie set. Oh, no, Nate. Or Don't some say garbage that. Like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's hoping that's not the case. Like you mentioned at the end of last week, we do have a, a an email address that I'm sure you'll bring up again in the outro here, but I... I encourage people to write in and, and talk to me about this episode. Talk to me about this show and, and let us know what you're feeling about it. Yeah, did it's you really like, been a roller coaster. Did you like this one? Yes or no? Just yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's been so many ups and downs that I'm just wondering where the audience is at with this and uh, any audience that we have, where they're at with it. You know, um, the so craziest like thing about this episode, you know, is there's some shows you watch and you're like, well, I can fold laundry during this one, right? I can just put mm -hmm. this show on and fold laundry. Could anybody fold laundry and watch this episode at the same time? I, I don't think so. I mean, not in follow it by any stretch. And I don't necessarily need Quantum Leap to be that way. I want to be invested I, in I it. I need it to be know? one way or the other, though. And yeah, I felt like yeah. this one was like sure neither. Enough. Like, I can't fold laundry and I also can't understand what's happening. Yeah, these stories are not supposed to be complicated. None of them have ever been complicated. They're always so straightforward because it's always about this one thing that needs to change. Yep. And here are all the people that are being hurt by the upcoming event. And one of the things that I kept playing back as I was editing last week's episode is this. You mentioned that the era of the good guy doing good things for benevolent reasons is over yeah. in television. That's a real goddamn shame. It is. Every hero needs an edge. Every hero needs to be haunted by something. Yeah. And this idea of just absolute benevolence is gone. Yeah. I mean, where's your MacGyver? I never saw the new... There's a new MacGyver. Talk I about a guy who's, it. who's really fucking good at, like, one thing. MacGyver, yeah. baby. Maga one thing. How about a million things? He could do Swiss uh, Army Man. Yeah, that's him yeah. right there. MacGyver, you know, Michael Landon from Highway to I, Heaven. That's the, that's the one I always the, think of. You know, it's like, okay, you can't get anybody who's more, like, altruistic than an angel, for God's sake, right? Right, so. right. Or Touched by an Angel. That was a show. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these shows where it was just about doing something right for somebody. And along those lines, our prologue, Lost, lost its, its um, uh, yeah, its yeah, mission statement. Back to the week. old one. Back to the old one that does not mention putting right what once went wrong. Yeah. Um, but again, going back to the Addison thing, is Ben trying to stop something from going wrong, or is he trying to put right something that once went wrong with Addison? Time travel. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out more. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
not much left to say about yeah, this. Yeah, I one, think I'm, I'm out of steam too. <laughs> Folks, uh, as Nate was saying, drop us a line at our email address if you have the mind to. Tell us what you're thinking of the show. Tell us what you tell us what you think of us. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're in the clear. I I really feel like a villain on this podcast sometimes. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, you can send. <laughs> you can send. You us- can stick up for me if you want, pal. <laughs> well, one of us has to be the 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 bad cop, right? We've All established right. that that's you. I think. Email us at o boy ql pod. That's o h boy ql pod at gmail dot com. Share your thoughts. Any predictions? You think we missed anything with regards to uh, Martinez or anything that's upcoming? Just just let us know. You have any good recipes, uh, especially <laughs> for, you know, mixed drinks that we could make before watching Quantum Leap. That would also be great. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, also, of course, as always, check out the other shows on the Paprika podcast network, including the current Nerdy for 30 countdown of MCU movies, definitive ranking of MCU movies, despite how much you or I <laughs> might disagree with some of the placements, all the way to number one at the end of January, which will probably be Avengers Endgame. But we'll yeah, see. Don't when write we get in there. about that one. Okay. We'll see, we'll see when we get there. <laughs> Other than that, man, I've been Brian. And I've been Nate. And we will be back here waiting, as we do, in the waiting room. 